Despite it seeming like an obvious marriage, Leonard Floyd will not be a Carolina Panther. He is now a Buffalo Bill. So where the Carolina Panthers go now is they still need a veteran edge rusher opposite of Brian Burns. I'll tell you right here on Locked On Panthers. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday as we are in off-season mode here on the show. But the motto still is, your team every day. We'll be back to full-time shows on July 17th, but for the next six weeks, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Podcast and be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter at Julian Council. Where on Fridays we'll continue have the weekly Friday mailbag right here on Locked On Panthers. Either at me or DM me over on Twitter to get your questions in for this week's edition of the weekly Friday mailbag on Locked On Panthers. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com/lockedon today to get started. We've been talking about it for months now. The Carolina Panthers need a veteran edge rusher. I understand that they have DJ Johnson, who they just drafted out of Oregon, who is going to be 25 going on this year, and he's a project, and I don't think very many people look at him as someone who's going to come out and make an immediate impact. Maybe he does. I understand he's on the roster. I understand that Amari Barno was drafted out of Virginia Tech last year, and that Itor Grossmanos heading into his last year his rookie deal is moving to an outside linebacker position, and according to... The outside linebacker coach here, Tim Lukabu, he's doing a great job at it. But we also understand that Itor Grossmatos has not shown nearly enough in his first three seasons to really buy into him moving into a positional change where it's not his natural position and making immediate impact here in a 2023 season. The Carolina Panthers need a veteran edge rusher opposite of Brian Burns. It's good to have young options like they do with DJ Johnson, with Amari Barno, and it's also great to have a situational edge rusher who is a veteran in Marquise Haynes. But these are Marquise Haynes' stats the last three seasons. Five sacks last year, first some coming in week 11 against Atlanta, so he was MIA for the first 10 weeks of the season. Three sacks in 21, four sacks in 2020. That is 12 sacks the last three seasons, averaging, of course, if you divide that, four sacks per season. Marquise Haynes is who he is. He is a solid rotational edge rusher option, but he's not someone that you look at as being a starter on that opposite side who you can rely upon week in and week out in the NFL. He has not shown that so far throughout his career. And maybe, maybe this is the year for him. But hope is not a plan for the Carolina Panthers. And it seems so obvious that Leonard Floyd would be the guy the Carolina Panthers would sign to solve their issue opposite of Brian Burns of not having another viable edge rushing threat that can concern a defense. Leonard Floyd had nine sacks last year in L.A. He helped them win the Super Bowl two years ago. He was a first-round pick out of Georgia playing with the Chicago Bears and really flourishing the last couple of seasons in L.A. And he has an understanding of the defense. It's got to be run here under new defensive coordinator Jero Vero, who was in Los Angeles while Leonard Floyd was there. So it was surprising and disappointing 
to wake up on Monday morning and see that Leonard Floyd has signed in Buffalo with the Bills. And I get why he would do that. Von Miller's there. They'd established a relationship back when they won the Super Bowl. And it's a defense that's going to fit him in that 3-4 scheme as well. And, of course, the Buffalo Bills are a Super Bowl contender with Josh Allen as their quarterback, Sean McDermott as their head coach, and Brandon Bean, as we all know very well, as their general manager. He can win now in Buffalo. And I don't really know if Carolina was ever on his radar and if the Panthers ever had him on their radar. It just seems so obvious that why would this not work out for the two parties? And I have not seen any reporting at all from the Panthers' side of things to suggest that they missed out on Floyd because I have not seen anything that suggests that they were interested in Leonard Floyd. And I would imagine that they would be, and it is a little surprising to go throughout the entirety of the offseason so far and be here in the last week of OTAs before mandatory minicamp next week and then that six-week break until they go down to training camp. It is surprising to me that there haven't been more defensive players that have been signed that have a relationship with Ajero Averro, aside from Deshaun Williams, who's coming on to be more of a backup defensive tackle. Maybe he can start a little bit. But that's what he's coming in to be as a role player, more so than an impact player for the Carolina Panthers this upcoming season. So the fact that they have not signed more guys that you would think would be would be fits and that have a relationship, it is uh, it's a surprise to me, and I think it's a surprise to a lot of people out there, especially a guy like Leonard Floyd. And you look at the edge rusher market, we'll look at some of the options. We've talked about these options uh, plenty over the last couple of weeks and months. He was the one that you would think would be the best fit for Carolina, just based off of what he's been able to do in past seasons, having nine sacks last year. Yannick Ngakwe has had success, but he has never really been great against the run. Floyd can get after the passer. He can also help you stop the run. He appeared to be the package kind of deal that you would want here in Carolina. Ngakwe still out there on the market. Jadavion Clowney, more of a name than a player that you really are going to believe is going to come in and help you. Melvin Ingram getting older. Frank Clark, not really sure what his market is. Justin Houston, also an older player as well that could fit and has been able to make an impact on the teams he's played on the last couple of seasons. I'm just a little bit befuddled by Leonard Floyd and Carolina not really being linked to each other just from everything that I have not even read so far because I haven't seen anything out there that would have suggested that the Panthers were interested in him and that he was interested in the Carolina Panthers. But I have to also understand that it's a two-way street, and if I'm choosing between Buffalo and Carolina – then yes, I am going to the Buffalo Bills where he can be a starter and, of course, they can compete for a Super Bowl. Now, it's very difficult being in the AFC where Pat Mahomes is there, Joe Burrow is there, and really those are the two teams that they can't get past. Um, But maybe Leonard Floyd helps them get past them this upcoming season. That's certainly one that is disappointing for a lot of Panther fans as they saw that on a Monday morning thinking that, yeah, Floyd, that – it's got to happen. Matt Bowen of ESPN.com wrote about it last week. And those obvious spots were the best landing spots for guys that were still remaining free agents, and he had Leonard Floyd in Carolina. Unfortunately, he will not be a Carolina Panther. So who's out there? Who's available? I just mentioned a couple of them. Who's the best fit as far as a veteran edge rusher? And is that something the Carolina Panthers truly need? We'll talk about that here in just a moment on Locked 
on Panthers. The NBA Finals is tied 1-1, to one, heading down to Miami. So make sure to make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA Finals because right now new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. There's no better place to bet on all the playoff action than America's number one sports book. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. I will be interested to see the details of the Floyd deal up in Buffalo. I know it's a one-year deal, and I would have thought that had he signed in Carolina, that it would also would have been a one-year deal, and that would have been smart. You don't want to tie yourself to him for longer than this year, especially not knowing uh, what the terms are going to be for Brian Burns just yet as we're still waiting on that deal to come down, which I imagine will happen sometime. And I'll be on vacation in July, so it'll probably happen when I'm gone. Just going to go out there and put that out in the universe. Y'all know how it works if you listen to the show. And when news typically breaks, it's when your boy is not around to be able to react to it um, in the manner that he would like to. Uh, But either way, forget about me. The Panthers are still waiting on Brian Burns and getting that contract situation figured out. They have Derek Brown, who they have to invest in. You have to think about Jeremy Chin down the line. Uh, they still got a couple years before quarterback. If Bryce Young does turn out to be the guy, and we have three years to find out whether he's truly worth investing in long term, and the Panthers are hoping that he will, of course, be that guy. And there's other positions that need to be addressed, like wide receiver, I think next offseason is one that they need to address. So there's only so much money that you can really spend, and I understand having 20 plus million dollars in cap space and how people are looking at it. Um, I believe they've signed, have they signed Bryce Young yet? I don't know. I, I, I don't know if that's happened yet, but they've taken care of most of the rookie class and not everybody. Um, if I missed that one, my bad. Uh, so you got to think about also the moves that they want to make in season. They'd like to save about $8 million for that. And it's also nice to kind of carry some money over to next year and not to have a ton of your money wrapped up, and especially when you already have a bunch of dead money. I think they were fifth in the league right now in dead money, which is a tale as old as time, the Carolina Panthers, and having a bunch of dead cap um, money on their, uh, their cap hit. So you got to understand all that. And I know it's easy as a fan to leap to anger and the conclusions of all oh, the Panthers. They fumbled it. They dropped the ball. How they swung and missed on Leonard Floyd. Still have not seen anything out there that tells us that they are interested. I would assume that they would be, but you know what happens when you assume. So I'm not going to do that. It just seemed very clear to me. And I think also to you, that he was the guy the Carolina Panthers should have been looking for. And you can also ask the questions. I think I had somebody who DM'd me earlier today being like, hey, I mean, do the Panthers really need Leonard Floyd? I look at what Marquise Haynes has done, and I like Haynes, and I have said this several times now. I know he had the knee injury that happened during training camp. I don't know how much that impacted him. Is that the reason why we didn't see him get a sack until that Thursday night game against Atlanta where he closed the game out in that final possession, which was fantastic to see him. But it was also one of those things where, hey, where you been all year? Because we had the conversation last year, right? Hassan Reddick's not here anymore. Is Murray Barno going to be able to make an impact as a rookie? Uh, can Marquise Haynes step up? And we didn't really see that a year ago. I don't think you can go back into another season with Burns on one side and then trying to depend on Haynes and Barno and Gross Matos if he makes the team. Let's remember that as well. And also DJ Johnson, a rookie, who is still learning how to play the position. He's got to learn at the highest level of the sport. 
So hopefully the coaching staff that we have here, Tim Lukabu, who's the outside linebackers coach, is ready to go and can get these guys, you know, in shape and having them be impact players. I don't know what Frankie Lubu's uh, role is going to look like this year in this 3-4 scheme. Like, I imagine he's going to be more of an inside linebacker. Do they move him to the outside in pass rushing downs as he showed last season that he could get after the passer as he had seven sacks in the first year as a full-time starter in the NFL. And if you look at the numbers from 21 to 22, the Panthers went from 39 sacks to 35. So it's not like the drop-off was significant but we do understand, though, like while it might not have been that big, 35 sacks is still not enough. And the Carolina Panthers need to be wreaking way more havoc on the quarterback than they have even the last two seasons. Like when they had Burns and Reddick, you felt good about them. It was just everybody else. But really, when you have those two guys, you don't have that concern. And you would have thought that, hey, if Reddick stays around, we saw what he did last year in Philadelphia, that that tandem is only going to get better and, and scarier for teams moving forward. And when last year, when Burns, for a second year in a row, became a pro bowler, you saw what he was able to do. But also, it's one of those things where, man, can we get this guy some help? And the Panthers have not done that. And I think Scott Bitter is a smart general manager. It just is um, it is a little concerning in a way that – it. From the outside, and we have, I have no idea. Maybe that what they're seeing, it's OTAs, and we already heard from Frank Wright, can't get too excited about anybody right now. we got to wait until the pads actually go on and get down to training camp, we see the preseason, really when the season rolls around, to really start getting excited about players. So I, I don't know. Maybe they're seeing things out there at practice where someone's turning heads and they're deciding that, no, we don't need to do this, or maybe the money wasn't right, or the interest is never there with Floyd. I'm not quite sure. All I know is that the Panthers need someone who can who has proven themselves in the league to be there to at least take the pressure off of some of these guys. We just went through a season where we saw that this group is just not going to give you enough if you're not going to include Frankie Luvo in there. Maybe we can include Frankie Luvo in there, but if we're going to just include the guys that are right now penciled in to be outside linebackers as their primary position – I don't know how you can sit here and feel comfortable with that group of pass rushers. I, I truly don't. And we've heard Reich say in the past that there's a starter there. Is it truly someone who is starter quality or are they starter just by name? Because for me, it feels like it's just a starter in name, more so than a starter quality type of player that is on this roster right now. Like Haynes would be the guy I would think would be a starter. And I know that Haynes can get you four, maybe five sacks in a season. I know that's what he can give you. While Burns is probably going to give you about 12 this year, you would like to get a little bit more out of the whole group. And in gross mottos, I don't know if he's going to make the team, and I still don't have high expectations for what he would do playing a position that is probably not his natural position in the NFL in his 3-4 scheme. DJ Johnson, I don't have high expectations for him at all because he's a rookie still trying to learn it and learn, and he's going to be more of a project. Barno saw some flashes in the preseason, but we didn't get to see him a lot last year in the regular season. This is a time for him to step up. We would like to see that. He was also, what, a day three pick. So you can only have so high expectations for guys like him, which is why when asked, is it really all that necessary that the Panthers go out there and get somebody? I do think so. I think the right deal is out there. I don't think you have to give a ton of money, and I think it's possible that they can get a guy like Melvin Ingram for less than what Floyd would cost. And I would imagine that he would come less because he is about, what, four or five years older didn't produce at the same level as Floyd did. He has experience in the 3-4 system. I would take him. I would take a Justin Houston, who has also played in the 3-4 like the entirety of his career, who was a, a leader 
I don't know what this Hall of Fame uh, trajectory is, but he's someone who might have an op- have a chance down the road. Maybe I, I'm, I'm not quite sure. I haven't really looked at looked at his numbers uh, throughout his career, but I've known he's always been one of the better uh, defenders in the NFL and one of those feared pass rushers. I would take Justin Houston as a leader in that locker room. I would take him. I would take Ingram and Gakwe. He fills the role of someone who can get after the passer. Well, there's a reason why he's bounced around the league. It's because he's not going to be more. He's not going to be a willing uh, run stopper. And if that's not, I mean, for the money that he's going to want and for the talent that he is, you need more out of him than what he's provided to a lot of the teams in the past, whether it's been in Minnesota or in Indianapolis or in Jacksonville. He's going to be willing to, you know, help out and run defense and not just be someone who's going to get after the pass. But right now, I'll take Yannick Ngakwe because I know he can help the Carolina Panthers. Jadavion Clowney, homecoming, all that can stop the run. Just is not the kind of player that we thought he was going to be coming out of South Carolina. Not saying he's a bust. He's still in the league. If you're still in the league after all these years, you're not a bust. You may not have turned out to be that alpha type of player that we thought he would be coming out of South Carolina. But I think he's someone who's solid, but I don't think he's someone that's going to really change things for Carolina. He really hasn't even produced more than Haynes the last couple of seasons. We're really being honest as far as getting after the passer. So what does that really solve for the Carolina Panthers? Frank Clark, don't know if there's interest there. Don't know if it's a scheme fit either. I'm sitting here looking at it, and it feels like the Panthers really missed out on their guy if that was a guy that they really wanted. And if you wanted them, I don't know. But it's someone that... You look at it, it's like, damn, that would have made a lot of sense. But, of course, that's not happening here in Carolina. But Ngakwe, Clowney, Ingram, Clark, Houston, all five of those guys we've talked about since free agency opened up as being options for the Carolina Panthers. And we're sitting here on June 5th, and they are still available. I can understand why. It's more confusing and surprising that Floyd was available up until the morning of June 5th. But those other guys, not all that surprising, but give me Melvin Ingram. I'll take him. I think that would be my top choice right now. The Panthers could certainly use a veteran and someone who I think has uh, shown that Father Time has not caught up to him just yet. So we look at that. Those are the available options. Is Edge Rusher opposite of Burns? Is that the missing piece on this defense heading to 2023? I'll tell you here in just a moment on Locked On Panthers. When we look at the state of the Carolina Panthers defensive roster, it really feels like to me the only missing piece on this defense is that outside linebacker position opposite of Brian Burns. And that's why I've spent so much time, and I feel like a lot of Panther fans have spent a lot of time this offseason, and not, I mean, of course, we spent most time talking about the wide receivers and what that's going to look like. We spent a lot of time, obviously, talking about Bryce and Stroud and who the quarterback would be there at number one. We spent plenty of time doing that. But outside of those conversations, I feel like the biggest conversation, the most talked about topic and subject has been, what are you going to do at outside linebacker on the other side of the line of scrimmage from Brian Burns? And they went out and drafted someone, not someone who looks like they're going to go out and compete right away and help right away. I, I felt like if they would have gone out there in taking, um, I can't even remember the guy's name from LSU, that they would be in a better position than they are. And I would have felt like edge rusher at 39 might have made more sense than getting a wide receiver at 39. Even though early on through the draft process, that's the best thing about it, you can spend all that time talking about something and then change your mind at the last minute, which I did, but whatever. I don't make the, the picks anyways. I'm going to evaluate, and I'm not necessarily upset about the Mingo pick. I just felt like they could have 
gone edge instead. And when they get back to trading up from 93 to 82 to get DJ Johnson, the conversation was that, well, all those edge rushers are off the board, and we don't want to miss out on one, so we trade up to get one. One that's going to be 25, and it might take until his his year 20, his, his, when he's 27. That will be his third year before we really start seeing the impact. And by the time his rookie deal is up, he's 29 years old. And are you investing in him after that? Probably not, but we'll see how it works out. I just felt like at 39, like that's where the Panthers should have gone is edge rusher because that's where you could have gotten someone who could have come in and helped you right away. Are they going to be a double-digit sack guy? Obviously not. That's not the expectation, I think. But they could have come out there and maybe given you Haynes numbers right away and could have been someone who – B. Joe Zolari, that was the guy's name. And they could have been someone who I think you could have built around. Mingo, he's coming in. I don't even know if he's going to play right away. I don't know what his role is going to be. Now, had they taken – Ojolari or one of those other edge rushers there at 39, I feel pretty confident that it's going to be the, them and Haynes rotating. And is that enough still? Maybe not. I, I still think I would have thought – I would have felt better about it because you don't want to necessarily stunt their uh, their growth. And we had a conversation on Friday about you know if they brought another wide receiver like a Hopkins, which doesn't appear to be uh, a reality right now. It could – could be, um, would that impact the growth of Terrace Marshall? And I'll just say like this point, you know, Terrace Marshall's got to show more for the Panthers really believe in him. And so far it looks like they're cool with him as probably their third wide receiver at stealing and shark. I would assume are ahead of him considering that those are the guys they brought in and looking at what Thielen's getting paid. Then there's obviously a position open in the slot. They need another outside wide receiver. It feels like those are the top two guys in the comments that they've had. But Shark hasn't really been out there as far as like being completely healthy. I know he was uh, running routes on air on Friday and going through walkthroughs. We'll see where he's at once we get down to training camp when it really matters. Um, so I could understand the conversation that like, oh, had they gotten an edge rusher, would we still be having a conversation about getting a veteran who could play ahead of Haynes and that rookie? I don't know if we would be doing that. I know that the Panthers need to do the best thing for them that can help them win games. And the thing that can help them win games is filling that final void on a defense. You look at it everywhere else, let's start just the line of scrimmage. You went out and you brought in two defensive tackles. You got Shy Tuttle, who started in the league the last couple of seasons for New Orleans. North Carolina boy, you brought him home. Got Deshaun Williams, who's a veteran, who knows the system. I imagine he's going to be a good voice in that locker room, having worked in Denver with Jero Vero last season. You got him in there. And, of course, you got Derek Brown, who just exercised fifth-year option for 2024. So you feel good about what you have there. You have Marquand McCall as a backup, Bravion Roy as a backup, and Henry Anderson also there on the defensive line. D-line-wise, you got to feel pretty confident about what you have here in Carolina. You look at linebacker. Bringing back Shaq was huge to have him and Frankie Louvu there on the inside. As long as they stay healthy, no reason to be concerned. You know, Kamu Greer Hill can come in, be that backup if they need him to do that. We'll see where Brandon Smith, what happens with him and his, him and his, his with him and his development. You don't really love the depth there, but as far as the starters, you feel good there. If JC and Dante are healthy, there's no concern. Not yet, Dante has his moments, but with J.C. and Dante healthy, you're not overly concerned. I think bringing in Eric Rowe is good. Henderson and Taylor have at least played a lot of snaps in the league, so the backups have played. It's not like they're just completely green. Now, do you want to be in a situation where they're out there in critical games like last year playing? No, 
but you know that they've at least played. And you would think that with new coaching staff, new scheme, that they improve. And just another year older, wiser, better, that's how you would think that things would develop. Safety, now Von Bell, wherever, if Jeremy Chin's going to play back there as well with um, Xavier Woods, you feel good about the safety position. And maybe Frank, Sam Franklin is more than just a special teams guy. Maybe he can develop into a good backup safety for the Carolina Panthers. Surely he can be better than Colin Jones was when he was here in Carolina. Sorry, Colin Jones. Didn't make, I don't want you to catch any strays, but let's be honest, y'all. Same number. Um, so when you look at it, the only missing piece to the defense is getting that other edge rusher. You got everything else that you would want. You have the defensive coordinator. You have the scheme. You have the coaching staff. You have the young talent. You got Burns. You got Chin. You got Brown. You have Horn. You have everything that you would want. The only thing you're missing is someone on that other side to step up, which is why it makes it frustrating and disappointing when you see someone who seemed to be just an obvious choice Sign in Buffalo instead of here. And again, don't know if he was ever interested, if they were ever interested. But the Carolina Panthers, they just have to understand that this defense has a chance to be phenomenal. But they're missing one other piece. Maybe it's on the roster. Heard that plenty of times in the past. And plenty of times in the past, that has come out to be false. Go get them. There's someone out there who can give you something and if it's five sacks from Elvin Ingram and five sacks from Marquise Haynes, then so be it. But it's better than doing nothing, which right now the Carolina Panthers so far appear to have not done very much at all. But we'll see what the reporting says over the next couple of days. All right, that's going to wrap up this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Again, y'all, subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter at Julian Council, where on Fridays I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions, either at me or DM me over on Twitter at Julian Council to get those questions into me this week. In the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole. As always, keep pounding, and I'll talk to you all on Wednesday.